How do you think your adventures and your approach to adventure would have been different if you were a woman? A confession. I put off tackling this question for a long time. It's impossible to answer correctly and whatever I write will be skewed by my own life experience. My answer is sure to generate howls of exasperation from people of all genders who disagree with me. Anyway, enough of the disclaimers. Here's my opinion. I often get asked about adventuring as a woman. It's not really my speciality, so I always urge the questioner to seek out female adventurers and find out about their personal experiences. There are more and more mad, marvellous women cycling continents, rowing oceans and running over mountains these days, which is brilliant to see. You might begin by reading two anthologies of women adventurers, Tough Women and Waymaking, or browsing the online Intrepid and Adventure She magazines, as well as listening to the Tough Girl podcast. Every year, I'm pleased to see an increase in the number of women involved in adventure. More role models will mean more girls want to try adventures of their own. If you set aside the hurdles of life involved with getting out onto expeditions, I don't think my wilderness experiences themselves would have been much different as a woman. Men and women alike love wild places, operate competently in them and have magnificent adventures either solo or in teams. But my adventures in places that involved interacting with other people would certainly have been different as a woman. Sadly, women are much more at risk of assault and unwanted advances than men are. I'm sure that having that thought in the back of my mind every time I walked home after dark for my entire life would have impacted how bold and trusting I might be on my own journeys and perhaps impacted whether I even wanted to travel at all. It would also have altered my considerations about whether to travel solo or not. I would probably have needed more money for my trips so that I could spend nights in hotels rather than some of the fairly nuts places I've dossed down in such as a platform on Karachi railway station, an abandoned tower block in Istanbul, or a graveyard on the outskirts of Mexico City. After talking to many women who have travelled widely, I also understand that women do have some advantages on the road. People they meet are generally more kind, inquisitive and welcoming, and women get access to some fabulous people and situations that I will never encounter, particularly in regions such as the Middle East. It is easier for men to get to the start line of their big adventures. When I first raised the idea of going on adventures, friends worried about my safety, sanity and sanitation. Some doubtless saw me as eccentric. I'm sure that the worries and preconceptions foisted upon an adventurous woman would be far greater. I imagine my family might have been more reluctant for me to leave if I'd been a young woman planning to travel solo, wild camp knock on strangers' doors and not wash for weeks on end. Anyone who has sat in a meeting with a few men and a few women will know that men are more likely to push themselves forward, push ourselves forward, to talk loudly and be confident in their all-round awesomeness. This is tedious in meetings, but probably helps me have the chutzpah to think, I could be an adventurer. I'm going to try something huge and stupid that I am in no way prepared for. My confidence went even further than that. I'm going to contact everyone and tell them what an amazing speaker and writer I'll probably be. They should definitely pay me. 
there is a different weight placed on your image for male or female working adventurers, which is not good and not fair. If you're a smouldering, rugged hunk of a man, then you're going to get paid more and more often than some scrawny ginger guy. But fortunately for me, it doesn't matter too much if you're no oil painting as a bloke, so long as you're tough or funny or eloquent. The skew is far more significant for women. Their looks and image are scrutinised and commented on much more than mine ever are. Despite all these barriers, there has never been a better time to be a female working adventurer. In terms of working with brands or marketing campaigns, speaking events or TV bookings, if you take a man and a woman who've both done great trips and can tell their story equally well, the woman will be a better commercial pick. To conclude, and no doubt to the irritation of some readers, I'll say that the world of adventure feels more balanced and equal than many other spheres of life, albeit definitely not perfect. It is a brilliant time to be an adventurous woman, whether you are looking for role models, planning an expedition or becoming a working adventurer. Search online for The Adventure Queens, Love Her Wild or The Adventure Syndicate to help you get involved or seek inspiration from the impressive Tough Girl podcast, which has interviewed more than 400 female adventurers. Quick question. Do you have any advice for designing adventure-related equipment? Ask specific questions to the specific audience you're designing for. It seems clear to me that outdoor designers rarely ask women, for example, what they actually want their gear to look and perform like. I'm pretty sure not many would answer, oh, we need our stuff to be exactly like the men's, just pink it and shrink it, please.